uh, along with the fact that uh, accepting that they were not there earlier and they may or may not continue to be there you you allow them to be as as a part of uh, as much as the channeling happens mm. so you accept that as part of the process instead of fighting them just Absolutely. this is the moment and this is what it is so instead of fighting it that kind of leaves your mind free to concentrate on what needs to be done right precisely uh, now uh, because of okay this way i can cover fear and doubt that i accept it and don't get overwhelmed by the by the emotion itself mm. now one element that you spoke of that i want to bring up and ask you specifically you spoke about uh, different kinds of memory that you use as an artist uh, yeah. uh, i want to contextualize it uh, in the letting go spirit because uh, this is the process that we are talking of Hmm. Uh, that i want to specify surely because otherwise this becomes like any other artistic conversation between two people who are creators i do not want to let go of the context of that because you said that you are a channel that means you let go of the sense of being an artist also or being hmm. a creator also you are now i used to have this line very early in my life that i am my first reader i am not hmm. actually a writer I'm Absolutely. Just because when I write it, I suddenly realize it's good or bad. That is also an additional judgment. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. When it comes, I understand. Oh, oh, this is what it is, and it it either pleases me or displeases me. Whatever the judgment is, the secondary part. The primarily that I am not responsible for it. Some connection happened somewhere internally. Yeah. Now within that, uh, what you mentioned, I want to bring in two elements that you spoke of. The the access to different kinds of memory that you spoke of uh, mm. i want to again demystify that and think of one memory that that plays uh, stuff that you are used to and you are expected to on lines of mozart bach beethoven uh, certain symphonies uh, that memory is a disciplined memory if i were to call it because you mm. have to practice you have to play you have to be used to be in the moment is Uh, obviously uh, you work many hours behind the scenes to to have the what i used to call memory in your fingers mm-hmm. rather than in your head because yes. like when i used to type now i am a little more careful because of mistakes that i end up doing but when mm-hmm. i was younger i didn't need to look at the keyboard i knew which letter was there and i used to think as if my fingers themselves knew it absolutely my, my mind was free to think of ideas concepts lines grammar while technical job of typing was being done so mm-hmm. experience i used to have a, a lot more earlier so this is a disciplinary part uh, the extempore or the creation part i think it feeds from the discipline part quite a lot mm-hmm. unless you are picking up a subject and you are mastering it a word word for word uh, i was speaking to a friend uh, yesterday and uh, i told her the she she had a lot of mental problems she was talking about i said you know your problems are not all of these your problems of your basic problem is you don't listen mm. so because you don't listen you don't assess and you then don't allow that process to happen mm. 
because you've already judged that it works for you or it doesn't work for you, which is fine. Which happens to all of us when we are rigid about certain things. But if you if you not followed the entire process of allowing an idea inside you, being with the fear and doubt, being unsure, getting a little high of some kind of insight, again falling down and realizing it doesn't always work, then maybe you know having the advantage of relooking at the entire process and gaining some kind of wisdom from the entire process itself, and then replicating the process again and again. Uh, for a larger sense of wisdom to arise, whether mm. it is creative, whether it is not creative, the idea of openness of mind, of letting go of everything. So when you started, you were unsure. Then you had those fears and doubts. Then you were unsure. And you had that insight. Suddenly you were sure for a brief while, but that insight went away. Mm. It did not work. So for example, I would, without asking you, I can tell you this. That Anthony, when he decides he has cracked the creative code between these two notes, it never works the second time. For some reason, something always goes wrong because yes. it's a it's an ego thing that I know, yes. and the knowledge itself does not allow you to be in the moment. And then you fall back upon trying to make it a, a disciplined memory, whereas it is a, actually a creative process. It wants mm-hmm. you to let go, and nature kind of forces you. And that is more humbling than anything else because others may tell you that you are good or bad. But definitely when you are sitting and playing your instrument, you know that this is one thing I am unable to crack because there there is a block. Absolutely. And that block humbles you. Then that entire process enters again, fear, doubt, insight, breakdown, going back again and again going back to the process. I think this... Uh, this is a process that works. So now my question to you, uh, is there a way of, or rather what is your way of befriending this fear and doubt? Uh, if I were to ask you to stay away from a meditative answer, because that then puts it, uh, even channelizing answer, because that puts it into hocus pocus territory for people who do not know. So if I were to say you were in the moment, but you were to critically analyze it for me. So if you could give a real-time example, you were sitting and you tried something and you had failed. I do not want a successful example surely because there it is easy to join the dots. But perhaps you tried something, maybe in your recent experiment you tried something that you failed miserably that at least told you something about the project itself. It cannot be that you started and on day one you knew all the five things that you're going to do and all of them were perfect. No, of course, of course. So at some point, uh, something, even if it's a small example, yeah. I want to know the negatives of uh, the moment and then how yeah. you feel then and what really happens in your mind. So this example happened a few years ago. Okay. This is a time when uh, fear and doubt of my creative process kind of um, reached a a public nadir, you might say. I was performing and I had given myself a couple of tasks. I knew that I knew that I wanted to do some improvising and I also knew that I wanted to play some, some other music by, by someone that was, something pre-existing but I hadn't planned it and 
it was honestly, it was, it was a bit of a strange period in my life. Lots of change was happening at that particular period. And it was that morning, actually, the morning of the concert as well, I was walking across, uh, I was walking across a little field and I hit a patch of slippery ground and ended up kind of falling down, falling a little bit on my wrist, actually. And it wasn't very comfortable. It was fine. I didn't injure myself, but there was a little bit of discomfort, perhaps a slight amount of swelling. Not that I blame that at all, but I just, just for a bit of context about the kind of, um, you know, the, the, the lack of control that I had over what was going on and also the, the kind of general air of unfortunateness around that particular time. It, I just, I, I was completely blank on stage. I was completely blank. I did not know what to say. I did not know what to play. I did not have a story to tell at all. And what made it even worse was that when I reached into my bag of other people's stories that I could tell, which is music by other people. It just, I, I, I could, it felt dead. It felt like I, I, there was no life in what I was playing. It was extremely messy. So I was stuttering and stumbling musically. I think an audience would have, of course, been conscious of this they would have known that it was not a good day for me perhaps they thought this was how i played all the time uh, the only thing that i could do in that moment was finish the concert that was all all i had to do was finish i say okay if i get to the end that's fine so in a sense that is that is that is the lesson is there was nothing i could do me at that moment to, to fix a bad day. I was on stage, it was going terribly. I was bombing, as they say. The only thing that I could do was get to the end. If I get to the end, fine. Then tomorrow's different. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I haven't thought about that for a long time. And I think that stands out in my mind because it was, it, it was a bit of a low point, actually. Uh, thinking back on it now, actually, I realise I think there were one or two important people in the audience that day <laughs> who heard me and perhaps thought, oh, this guy, really? Huh? Him? Perhaps they didn't leave with the best impression, but... Um, I know that these particular people have heard me since then and have seen something that I was perhaps more comfortable with. Uh, and therefore they've perhaps updated their impression, but that, that moment in which there was no way out, the only way out was the finish line. And that's actually enough. You can't fix it. Sometimes you can't fix it in the moment. And, but just knowing that at a certain moment, I will stop playing and I will walk off stage and that experience will be in the past. That was, that was reassurance enough.
So I finished the concert. I didn't, I didn't just stop. I didn't just walk off stage. I didn't say, sorry, everyone, I can't continue. I finished and I took a bow <laughs> and I smiled. But uh, that, that is an example of a difficult moment when, yeah, there, there's only one way to proceed and it's not an, a satisfactory solution, but it's a solution. Okay, uh, that's a very